Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Brace yourselves for a noble horror, because the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has returned! Yes, Nerdy Show's beloved RPG audio drama of black comedy and Lovecraftian horror is back with an all-new series, a chilling tale called The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Head to CthulhuMystery.com or find the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program wherever you procure fine podcasts. Succumb to the maddening call of Cthulhu. The following episode of Flame On is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBear here with another episode of Flame On. I am joined today for this pop culture roundup by Brian on the West Coast. Howdy from the West Coast. And Eric from the East Coast. Hello from the East Coast. Our friend and compatriot BJ is taking this one off. He has just started up school in the past couple of weeks. And that is consuming most of his time, so uh, we will miss him on this episode, but he will be back. It was also his birthday the weekend before, um, actually, what are we, so tomorrow would make one week to the day that uh, his birthday was, so we're wishing him a belated happy birthday as of this recording, well, I'm, I mean, it'd be belated regardless, and um my birthday is tomorrow, so we're doing this a day beforehand. So happy early Ooh. birthday to me in this recording, and happy belated birthday to me when this recording comes out. <laughs> so happy birthday, belated and not belated at the same time. Happy pre and post birthday. <laughs> yeah. It's a birthday sandwich. Right. Speaking of birthday sandwiches, I got my birthday burger in front of me. I've got my birthday cocktail in front of me, and uh, hopefully we'll be going and uh, 
as safely as I possibly can, maybe going to an outdoor seating area to have a celebratory cocktail tonight. If not, I will probably sit down and watch more uh, Hellstrom on Hulu, since that has just come out. And apparently, I guess, is the last of the uh, Marvel TV prior to, uh, or uh, that was done before they got rid of Marvel TV Studios and put it all on uh, the MCU. So this is canonically not canon, I guess. <laughs> I I wasn't sure if it was Marvel at all because it, it really has no Marvel like branding anywhere on it aside from the uh, credits that roll at the beginning of the episode that says uh, in, in association with uh, Marvel Television and, and Hulu or something like that. Um, it's interesting. I've only gotten one episode in, so that's not a topic for today. We'll talk about it uh, maybe, possibly, down the line. Uh, but yeah, that, that might be that. And I need to finish The Great British Bake Off, the new episode that came out today. So that either going out for a beverage and or watching these shows will be how I celebrate ending my 38th cycle around the sun and uh, heading into my 39th where I should have been celebrating that on a cruise ship heading towards the Bahamas. But that's neither here nor there. Damn it, COVID. Damn you to hell. Maybe maybe we can still find a way to get Kesha to wish me a happy birthday on uh, on Sunday or tomorrow. <laughs> or last week, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe last year. Who knows? This could be the future. Things could be okay. Or it could just look like Eric's backdrop all the time outside <laughs> no one knows the world it's is a hell mouth <laughs> i love it i love it all right so we are going to dish on the month in pop culture uh we're going to talk about a couple things that are are uh enjoyable or enjoyable to trash i'm not sure uh i only have topic names i don't know how y'all feel about the topics that you're going to be discussing but we're going to talk about some topics we're going to give some one-ups, and uh, we're going to have some fun doing it. So why don't we go ahead and toss it over to Brian for the first topic of the month. So I have been watching, as probably most of you have been watching, lots of streaming content on your different channels of streaming. Uh, and one of the ones that I don't remember if I may have given as a one-up, I don't remember, the the HBO series The Vow. Um. I, uh, it's about to wrap up as we record it this Sunday, I believe is the last episode of season one and it very timely. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you have, you have intuited exactly where I was going. Uh, it's been just recently renewed for season two. <laughs> um, so if you're like, never heard of this, no idea. Okay. So there was this, I'm not going to call it a cult, but it's pretty much a cult. Uh, that there is some back and forth debate about this, but I prefer to think of it as a yoga obsessed, uh, sort of Scientology light, mid level marketing, uh, cult. I mean, I don't know. There's no better word for it, really. <laughs> it's not religion, not a fraternity or sorority. It's not really even a secret society. It's like really public about what they believe and all this stuff. However, as you will find out through the course of the first series, uh, Nixium, N-X-I-V-M, uh, is this, 
you know, a really disturbing uh, group of people up in Albany, or outside of Albany, uh, upstate New York, where they are just doing all this self-reflecting and then somehow spin that process, even though you're paying so much money and getting all these improvements as, as a, an adult, whatever, into this uh, sex cult where you get branded. Uh, spoilers, but not really, because you probably read the news story. Uh, Allison Mack from, uh, oh god, what was she in? Uh, Fall, uh, Smallville, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She was Lana, I think? Maybe? Anyway, Smallville. I never watched Let's Smallville. Say. I just knew she was the blonde. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 Allison Mack, uh, her and her, her, her uh, we're not sure the relationship exactly, but her, the founder of this 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 group, they call him Vanguard. His name is Keith Rainier. Uh They were arrested among with other people in that cult uh, in that group uh, last year, I believe, or maybe it was very early last year, uh, and are all currently on trial. And so, actually, Keith Rainier has been, I believe, convicted, and he is facing sentencing coming up. Uh, anyway, so so there's all this stuff going on immediately right now with this case, but. This series on HBO, uh, uh, HBO Max or HBO, however you're watching HBO, uh, is going into detail about the lives of these individuals that had to come forward when they realized that bad shit was happening. And I don't know, did you guys ever watch the documentary What the Bleep Do We Know? It's this sort of interesting kind of exploratory documentary about, you know, faith and science and quantum physics and uh, metaphysics. And it's, it's, it's a little, uh, all over the place, but it, it kind of gets to this point where like, ah, we don't, we're, there's so many things in, in the universe that it's hard to pin down what we believe, but there's obviously evidence for this and this and this, whatever. Uh, the filmmaker for that uh, documentary, uh, whose name I am immediately trying to find, uh, he actually is a big part of this documentary series and uh, is one of the main instrumental like people who was deep into the weeds of this, this group and eventually came out of it and was very helpful and, and instrumental in uh, uh, turning evidence over to the FBI uh, because his wife, uh, his wife's name is Bonnie, I remember that, because she was in Star Wars. Uh, so then this, the battle, like, it's, it's a crazy story, but it touches on, like, pop culture stuff, like Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica, because all these actors and actresses from those shows got involved in this cult out of the Vancouver uh, headquarters. Uh, and, and, and Allison Mack as well. So like, it's just so interesting to see all these weird life stories intersecting that in the last three years, four years, and then all the way back to the early two thousands, this, this group in Albany was, was, was doing all this stuff. And, and, and so much of their philosophy is like really kind of like, oh yeah, I believe that. Oh, I agree with that. But then for that, for it to go from that place of really helping people to this dark sex cult, like. So, for an example of why they call it a sex cult, people would have master-slave relationships. Fine. Consenting adults can do whatever they want. However, the slave side of it, uh, and this is, this is, by the way, uh, uh, this is the DOS. You may hear them talking about this. This is the women-only cult, or small subgroup of this, this, this group. The, the master would basically have complete control over the slave's life, so much so if they texted them and they didn't respond within like 90 seconds, they were punished. Uh, the slaves had to submit, they call it collateral, basically pictures of them naked, deep, dark secrets that nobody else wants, they don't want anybody to know. All this stuff has collateral so that they will 
stay on task and on goal. So, so the masters in these relationships would have this sort of pyramid scheme all the way up to the top, which they eventually revealed is Keith Raniere. So this, this man at the top has this whole like pyramid scheme of sex slave women people like all, you know, under him and they're all branded with his initials. So like, this just happened. This is really, really recent. And 2020 is a year of crazy nonsense and we can't believe anything that comes out because it just seems so surreal. But just add this into the mix because this shit all happened. and It's, it's insane. So the Vows documentary, it's really well uh, produced, like lots of good story. Uh, other other crazy relationships like the, the Queen of Holland, I think, or uh, maybe it's not Holland, but India Oxenberg uh, and her mom uh, from Dynasty, uh, Julie Oxenberg, I forgot her name. Uh, they're involved, like the Dalai Lama gets involved. Like it's just, it's, it's so, it's so insane. So it's uh, episode nine is coming out this weekend. So there's nine episodes and then the new season will be out whenever um and then if you follow the news again they're about to sentence some of these people so uh you know you might uh, find other ways to pull the string and learn more about nexium so uh i'm very excited to see how this sort of stops at least in what's coming but uh i don't know neither of you have watched this right i can tell no. by your faces no <laughs> i do want you to say the state capital of new york again though Al- albany Albany. I mean, I just see people that I follow on Twitter posting stuff about watching it and not necessarily enjoying it, almost like hate watching it. Maybe like, just because. Well, I, I mean, it's painful as far as your empathy towards these people is. I mean, if you have empathy in you, and I know not everybody does, especially the president, right? But, um, like, it's painful because it's so wrenching, right? Um,. But I don't know. I mean, maybe people are seeing something else. I know one thing that they've been saying, and they talk about this in the documentary, is there's the statement that how would anyone knowingly join a cult? And and why did it have to get to that point where people were being branded? And even then it wasn't instantaneous that people went, oh, no, I'm out. Like, it still was a struggle. And it, it, it tries to explore the group dynamics of how you get into a cult. Like, nobody joins a cult. Like, they join a group of people who they have some common interest with. I mean, Eric, you and I are in a version of this called a fraternity. And there are so many unsettling thoughts that when you learn about these dynamics and how, you know, you can almost engineer this group bonding and sort of breaking people down and sort of building. I mean, the military does it in boot camp. Like there's all of these religions do it. Like it's, it's universal in that it really gets to the heart of a lot of these things that everybody's a part of. And in some ways it's benign. Like, you know, I think a lot of fraternities and sororities are, are benign in the, in the, in the broader sense, even if in the specifics, they're fucking hot shit show messes, but um, uh, especially ours right now. But the, uh, like in general, like these group dynamics are just humanity. It's just how we are. But like when people engineer them and manipulate you to be a part of something like that, that's when it's like, anyway, so it's, it's, it's been a really interesting uh, I think of all the things I'm streaming, it's probably the most like unsettling in that way. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's the bow on HBO. So my only connection to it, and as you were talking about it, it I was like, wait a minute, a lot of this stuff sounds familiar, and I don't, I haven't seen stuff about it on on Twitter or or through social media. Um, 
but I'm pretty sure this was kind of the um the basis for one of the storylines on my stories. Uh General Hospital did a cult story where um the charismatic leader of the organization um they would tattoo the insignia like the 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 group's logo on the girl on the girls and there was this you know like it was called the trust like that was their like inner <laughs> circle and it was only the women and um and it was this whole thing of like you had to expose like you had to basically you had to write out like a a secret that you've never told anybody or like something that you've done or or whatever yep. as that leverage you know to yep. show your commitment to the fact that you trust this guy with everything and that's his leverage over you know over these girls and then he would you know they would do the ceremony when they would initiate them and he would you know drug them and then rape them but uh so i don't know if that you know correlates with how oh that's a hundred percent oh okay so okay so they it's no that's that's the basis for this there's no question after you said the the branding and all that stuff but the um the tattoo but the 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 weird thing it's a little more indirect than that because ranieri didn't like rape people it's it's that women he would influence women in a way to get them to break down and sort of reveal a lot of stuff about themselves and then i think he would sort of use that as leverage to sleep with them like like he's very much in a poly relationship. They talk about that. He he admits that it's not like it's a secret, but it's it's the way he uses that sexual relationship to then build the the power structure of this organization and the the triangle of this DOS subgroup. Um, I also went back and found that Mark Vicente is the name of the documentarian who did What the Belief Do We Know, and he's the one who, like, it's it's amazing because like you know a lot of cults like we've studied Jonestown. Uh, uh, David Koresh. I mean, whatever, whatever cult. We don't the have Republican Party video currently. Yeah, a hundred percent. We don't have video of them admitting their like tactics, their philosophies. We don't have video of their cult activities. Um, we don't have that inside look. All we have is like third account. You know, people reporting after the fact. But in this documentary, because Mark Vicente and all these other people recorded everything, both while they were in the cult as marketing and then after they left the cult to like document it, there's so much primary source documentation, footage, interviews. It is compelling to see the and this is how you get that experience of being in a cult and learning why these people who are smart, empathetic. You know, they're not they're not gullible people how they got sucked into this. I mean, it, it's really revealing. So uh, that's so funny because I didn't know. I mean, it's upstate New York and I know you're you're more Long Island. But like from talking to other people who are in upstate New York, they're like, oh, yeah, that dude, he's a fucking mess. We've heard about him. We knew about him. You know, we've always kind of thought that was just such a shit show. And, uh, you know, so I guess it's it's known in that area, at least. Well, and it's funny because General yeah, Hospital uh, takes place in upstate New York or, you know, upstate-ish New York. So it all kind of ties in into <laughs> that. Yeah. And and the, 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 the organization, the quote-unquote cult that um, uh, on General Hospital was Dawn of Day. So it's DOD versus DOS. So, <clears throat> yeah. Nice. And, and I mean, you know, obviously they, they probably did a, a little bit more 
direct of like okay once they bring you into the trust like that he you know he drugged and then slept with the the women to make it more soapy you know i i I, yeah so I, i get where that would kind of diverge from what the actual story was because you know it's not as thematic and 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 eccentric as you know soap storylines would go but it's kind of funny to see that that's really you know they i'm sure that soaps have done cult storylines before they and i know they have like they they do all these types of different things because it is part of the culture and they they warp it and modify it for um for the camera and for the the genre uh, but it's kind of weird to see, like, because that storyline was, God, at this point, like, a year and some change ago. So, yeah, like, this this has had that reach and that effect for, for longer, you know, than, than all that. So, it's crazy to see it have that basis in reality and to kind of know what it's based off of. And then to know that there's a documentary that's currently running that shows, like, the inner workings of all that. Yeah, I really think I, I, I will I will put it out there that even if this isn't your normal cup of tea, I think there's enough cautionary tale stuff here that anybody really should watch this. And I, I'll be honest, it's really causing me to reflect on the way my own organization, like my fraternity specifically, but also religion has has influenced and affected me. And and and, I'm, and again, I'm not saying to throw the whole whole thing out. You know, it's all it's all it's all terrible, but it, it opens your eyes to manipulation and, and things that you know you may not otherwise think about you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, or the baby with the holy water i don't know something <laughs> like that i don't know why i went into weird southern slang for this one <laughs> yeah i don't know i felt you the spirit of ginger minge move through me <laughs> she flooded your basement Oh, we're throwing out we're throwing out the baby with the flood of basement water. No, we should not throw babies out, Eric. You are right. <laughs> that is... <laughs> so that sounds like a uh, a pretty interesting and intriguing watch. That is the Vow, now streaming on HBO Max. All right, Eric. What is your topic of the month? So, staying with the spooky theme of October, Halloween. Ooh, uh, Netflix released the second of the haunting anthologies. Uh, this one being the haunting of Bly Manor. Did anybody watch the first haunting of Hill House? I did. Did you enjoy I did it? Not. I did. It, it was a little different. Like, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Did you read the book or see the movie? The 1999-2000 movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones called The Haunting? Yes. I did see The Haunting. I did not read the book. Ah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the movie was more exciting than the book was. And then the TV series was more exciting than both of them were. So... Uh, but this one is in the same vein in that it, it definitely builds suspense, but it's a completely separate story from The Haunting of Hill House. Um, this one is based on an 1898 book called The Turn of the Screw, which is apparently a famous uh, horror novella 
I had to read it in college, Henry James. It is uh, not as exciting as the miniseries. <laughs> no, no. Okay, that's not fair. But it, I, I'm just going to be frank. It, like, they've definitely embellished and improved upon that material. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you going to be frank? Why don't you just be Brian? Jeez. <laughs> Don't 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 name shame me. Don't identity <laughs> shame me. <laughs> uh, but this one kind of in the same vein as uh, maybe American Horror Story. There, uh, the producers are the same as the first haunting anthology, as well as some of the actors come back, although they um, are in much different roles this time. Uh, this one isn't focused on an actual family by blood. Um, it's a number of different people who are all in Bly Manor. It centers on um, a young governess who's hired to look after um, this man's niece and nephew uh, at the family country home. And then there happens to be ghosts all around. Uh, and there's also a housekeeper, a cook, and a Kind of a groundskeeper uh, that make up the central cast. It kind of deals with more personal ghosts, I feel like. Uh, obviously, there are dead people haunting the house, but the people also come to the house with their own demons, I feel. Uh, which is a little different than the way the haunting of Hill House was. So, Brian, have you seen the whole miniseries? I haven't seen the whole miniseries. I've watched the first two episodes... And it was actually, um, what I find interesting is it, they've updated it because obviously, or the if you don't know the short story, uh, the novella, whatever, came out in the, like the what, late 1800s, I think we said, yeah. or early 19, anyway, that long ago. But they've updated the, this to be set in the 80s um, in, in delightfully small ways. Like you'll see like movie posters or like little little other things will just pop out of nowhere and you're like, oh, that's that's right. It's in the 80s. Um, Fashion but is other- very 80s. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is, but there's 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 elements to it that are delightfully timeless. Um, uh, I, I also really appreciate that it's shot in Vancouver, uh, so it's amazing how the world up here in the Pacific Northwest does not it does resemble England in certain weird ways with all the rain and green and just moss. <laughs> I mean, um, I also love the casting. They brought in some people, uh, specifically the house. Uh, oh God, what's her what's her name? Um, Gross. Miss Gross? Yes. The housekeeper? Uh, I forgot the actress's name. I know she's been in um, some other things. I think Years and Years is the most recent thing I've seen her in. But, like, very delightfully uh, diverse casting. Uh, the the cook, who I think looks like Ted from um, uh, that show that Pat and I watched a lot. What was that with Ted? How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Thank you. Uh, the cook reminds me of Ted Mosby with like, I guess he's probably from like an Indian background. I'm not sure exactly his ethnicity, but like he just, he's got this, other than this giant stash, I keep seeing him and just thinking he's Ted Mosby. It's, it's, it's distracting, but yeah, his uh, name is Rahul Coley. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the casting is fantastic. The kids are fucking creepy. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Don't he, yeah, the, and the you know, kids are. And when I read this, and I have to go back and reread it because it has been a while, um, and I read it in college, so you know I probably didn't appreciate it or enjoy it as much as I should have. It was not this creepy because the kids are so fucking creepy. 
Um, and they've done a great job. The housing, the house itself is a character in certain ways. The gardener is fantastic. Uh, she gets, I think, some really good storyline stuff uh, from what I've been told. Um, anyway, I- I'm, I'm excited to finish it. Uh, oh, and the kid from E.T. Did we say the kid from E.T. is the, the uncle? Elliot. Oh, really? That's that's where kind of he yep. originated? Yep. And I guess it's the same actors in the previous uh, haunting of whatever. It's they, some they of bring them. Some, some of, of them, them, right, right. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. I didn't realize that they were doing it that way. And um, But uh, no, I don't like creepy stuff as much, but this reminds me more of The Others. Did you guys see The Others back in like with Nicole Kidman? Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's, Apparently it's being remade now for some reason. They don't need to do that, but whatever. Uh, it, it's got that vibe. It's got that like kind of vibe that I, I like. That's the kind of horror or whatever suspense gothic. That's what I like. So I, I like it so far. Anybody else? <laughs> the only the only thing that I understood out of any of that was how I met your mother. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> well, when you watch it, just think that they're Ted, and uh, you'll you'll enjoy that. I think we're weird. I don't know. I'd be like, when is he going to be Tracy? <laughs> There's no yellow umbrellas. As of yet, I'm on episode seven. Damn it to hell. <laughs> uh, do either of you think you're going to watch this one? I don't think... I mean, it's not on my radar. Um, I didn't watch uh, Haunting of Hill House. Uh, even though I heard it was really good, I listened to the Pop Culture Happy Hour conversation about it um i'm not a big horror person or a big you know kind of scary show type of person so those don't usually tend to fall on my radar um but i i mean i'm in the words of justin bieber and his um and his film um i will never say never but it is not immediately (laughs) on my radar for this spooky season now my understanding is that these are not related stories. So, like, do you have you don't have to watch one over the other, right? No, no, you don't it's have kinda to. Like an anthology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, you don't have to have watched Hill House to watch this one. Completely unrelated okay. material. Until it's like six years later, and then out of nowhere, they decide to try to connect it's everything. All connected. <laughs> Wait, Ryan Until Murphy's not involved with this, right? To defeat uh, Cosmic yeah. Power. <laughs> it becomes a house uh, house megazord. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the hellmouth opens up and all the different houses assemble into the the uh the one creature that will stop the hellmouth from opening. <laughs> exactly. Well, that is the haunting of I'd watch it. <laughs> that's the haunting Blind of Blind Manor on netflix currently streaming all episodes are available unlike the weekly um great british baking show that you can watch every friday available on netflix three days after it airs in britain three days i haven't watched yesterday's episode yet i watched like 20 minutes of it this morning while i was on hold um playing pokemon go and um it's chocolate week which is always nice uh, brownies were the first uh that that was the signature bake so that that was delightful i i love a good brownie but uh <laughs> it when you follow some of the old contestants who are watching the show 
in the UK in real time. And then they tweet out like the next day, oh, well, now all the gays are gone. It's like, damn it to hell. We don't get it over here, Dan. It's all right. You're adorable. And as your shirt said when you were eliminated, Trey Butch. Was it Dan? It was Dan Beasley. Oh, but I, I... Dan Beasley Harding or Dan Hardy Harding Beasley. I follow him on on Twitter, and he actually commented on one of my my posts, and I fangirled a little bit. That's just me. That's my little story. Oh, I'm interjecting fine. there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back to you, Eric. I, what were you I, saying? I loved the fan. I loved. I, I loved the fancy gay who got uh, last week. Oh. I forget his name. He was he was fine. I I liked him. I um I could have swore that the one like late twenties, early thirty thirty ish like bearish one. I could have swore he was a homosexual. Yeah. And then he's like, my wife is expecting. Yeah, that first and I was episode, like, I was like, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no no! His wife isn't expecting. But he mentioned his partner, you know, his wife or girlfriend or wh- whoever. It was the other, the the skinnier guy that had been, that's been doing fairly well. Um, and has like that five o'clock shadow. Uh, he doesn't actually have like a yeah. full beard, but he. I thought he was gay. Okay, pretty much. I'm thinking all the men were, were gay. <laughs> and then he was the one that did the um, that did the house like their home, and it was like the little bread, uh, right. the, the bread. Him and his wife, and his wife is pregnant, and I was like, damn it. Although I think the um, the one that I was pretty sure was straight and is the one that um, he lost his leg in the the, the accident. Um, I like him. Oh, right, he's sweet right. and adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think the, because they're bubbling and they have to like they all have to live together until they're eliminated or the show ends, whichever comes first. Um, I think they actually let his <laughs> daughters be part of that bubble, like, and they're saying too because. Um, they came up and they like after they one of the at the end of yeah at the end of one of the episodes they like ran up and hugged him and I was like oh that's so sweet <laughs> I love how we went from Bly Manor to to Bake Off <laughs> but that is the haunting of Bly that Manor is for everything it is for everything I love it I love it and um, speaking of uh, of for everyone um, the Good Place season four is now available streaming on Netflix. So if you did not get to watch the the final chapter, or chapters, I should say, because every episode was a chapter, um, of The Good Place, it is now available for you to watch if you have Netflix. And I will say this, one last story before we move on to uh, Josh's topic. I was scrolling through Twitter, and somebody that I followed mentioned watching um, season four of The Good Place and watching the the, the final episodes, and you know how he may have ugly cried and i was like i tweeted back and i was like honestly even having watched it already anytime like rewatching it i still ugly cried um when uh and i tagged mary steenburgen in the tweet and i was like when you know mary steenburgen uh shows up you know i was like she and uh at ted danson are treasures and mary steenburgen liked my tweet and now i feel validated Aww. in the world like I literally took a screen grab. That's awesome. Yeah, I screen grabbed the notification on my phone, and then went to Mary Steenburgen's uh, Twitter account and went to the the likes tab. And at that point, like she hadn't liked any other tweets 
since you know she liked mine so i was right at the top of the uh the the column on her on her twitter page and took a screenshot of, of that because i was like mary fucking steenburgen liked my tweet and it shows up on her account like that's ridiculous so i love it so following detox liking one of my tweets bianca del rio liking one of my tweets you know it's just i'm just escalating <laughs> my my level of stardom there <laughs> Next thing you know, I don't know who's gonna like my tweets, but hey, we'll 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 find somebody to to tweet at. It'll be fun. All right, so we have talked about uh, the vow. We've talked about the haunting of Bly Manor. Josh, why don't you tell us what your topic is? So, uh, keeping with spookiness, um, I am replaying Until Dawn because I have yet to actually really invest in it. Um, so I've decided to sit down and actually play it and it is creepy as fuck it's pretty much like a a slasher movie with uh in in a video game and i love how every single decision that you make will affect the outcome uh like who lives who dies and um it's got a pretty good cast uh, it's got Rami Malek in it, um, Hayden Panettiere. Uh, if anybody watches Superstore, it's got the girl who plays Cheyenne in it. Um, I can't really remember her name, but uh, so basically, the game is about um, this group of friends that get together uh, at one of their friends' family's cabin in Washington. Or at least I think it's in Washington. Um, and it takes place a year later after the disappearance of one of the main characters, twin sisters, who died at the very beginning of the game. So now all of these characters are getting um, back together one year later on the anniversary, which is pretty much the epitome of a plot for a, a slasher film. And you separate, you kind of build relationships. And it. the cool thing is um, each character has like a set of stats, almost like if they're honest, if they're, you know, brave, if they're, uh, you know, compassionate or whatever. And so you kind of see where they are, where their baselines are at. And then you can decide like how to mold that character and see those rankings change so like you might have someone who is not loyal and not kind and you can change that to where they become you know loyal and kind so that part's pretty cool um and i killed my first character (laughs) i was really trying to keep everyone alive i don't Um, think you can in that game i think oh you can you can keep every single person alive um, but it's, it's very hard to do from my understanding. Um, and I've played a lot of games that decisions at, like mold the outcome. This game takes it to a whole new level. Like when you're playing a video game and you have to make like rapid choices, like if you're just running and you know, something's coming up and you have to jump over it, even that determines life or death and that is how i killed my first character my first character got kidnapped 
the character I was playing was like running after her, and I was decided to take a shortcut, which was fine. However, I slipped and fell in the water, and it was like literally a mil- like a second that I was in the water and got back up and like left. But that one second made all the difference. And when the character dies, it shows you what happened that led to that butterfly effect. Oh, that's fun. And I'm like, damn it. So I shut it off, hoping that it didn't save yet. <laughs> so I can start that process over, and I was screwed. It, it saved. and So yeah, I'm down a character. Um, so now at this point, I think I'm going to decide to pretty much kill everybody except for Hayden Panettiere's character and make her the final girl. I mean, you have, um, to, save I might the, keep, like, you have to save the cheerleader to save the world. Exactly. Um, so I think, well, actually, a typical slasher has sometimes two survivors. You've got the final girl and then you've got, like, the goofy friend. So I think those are the two that I'm going to try to save. Kill everybody else and then I'll play it again and try to keep everyone alive. Keep them all alive. Keep them all alive. All right, fine. But it's it's fine. a it's really fun. So, do you mm. like? Have you done a full playthrough of this game before, or this is your first playthrough of this game? This is my first actual playthrough. I started it, and I I think I've played it for maybe fifteen twenty minutes. So, um, so do you know who the killer is? I heard. Oh, okay. And um. I, I'm trying to like force that out while I'm playing, you know. But uh, it it's kind of challenging to to do, knowing you know that one of these like who this killer is. Yeah. But what's interesting is that there's I I think there's another one, and, and so there's like two of them, and I don't know which one's which. So that part's still allowing me to keep some I, mystery. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there was like a set killer that was going to be it all the time or if the way you decide things would reveal a different person at the end. Be the killer. Huh. I now have you played it at all? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. So, I wonder if if that is the case. If that would be the case, that would actually be really cool. That, you know, the decisions you make and the butterfly effects that ripple throughout um, determine who is actually the killer. But let me tell you, this game, like, surround sound on, lights off, I have jumped so high in the air a couple times. This game knows how to reel in suspense. And this is just a single player game, right? Yeah. Because for some reason, when you brought up, uh, when you said this was going to be your topic, for some reason, all I could think of was uh, Dead by Daylight. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that too. I have yet to play it. But I did get the Stranger Things uh, expansion um, and the Scream one. Oh, look, another way I can bring Stranger Things into a recording. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you may end up playing with Trixie one night if you play that enough. Maybe. She doesn't really do her streams anymore, although she did recently do one for uh, National Coming Out Day. 
she did hop back on and uh yeah i, w- I watched that one did you watch that i only watched the beginning of it but um yeah. she had a very cute uh chilling uh, uh chilling adventures of sabrina-esque outfit for that uh for that stream are we talking about trixie mattel <laughs> yes yes okay <laughs> Do you have many other I, I, I had assumed in this your much. realm of knowledge? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Mama, don't make me put on the dress again. Can't stand the way it opens Parts. when I spin. <laughs> yes! Yes! Parts! <laughs> Oh my god. So I was driving home from work the other day and I decided, you know what I haven't listened to in a while? I haven't listened to uh Two Birds and it got to uh to Bluegrass and all I could think about was you saying parts <laughs> And all I wanted to do was like just I don't know, find a chat to be like <laughs> Because I've got parts of me in Milwaukee. <laughs> and just and just see if you would respond back with parts. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Give us the game name one more time. Until Dawn. Until Dawn. Not Breaking Dawn. Not uh, Electric Boogaloo. I don't know why I wanted to go with Electric Boogaloo there, but... Uh, that also, you know, Twilight, Breaking Dawn, not that. Until well, I'm Dawn. Breaking 2, yes. Electric Boogaloo. I That's mean. what it was. So it was Until Dawn, then to Breaking Dawn, to Break Into Electric Boogaloo, to the Boogaloo Boys, to Domestic Terrorism. It's full circle, <laughs> really. I mean, honestly. <laughs> right back to Until oh. Dawn. <laughs> oh. Oh goodness! Until dawn is uh, is our third topic that we are discussing this month. If you are enjoying this or any of the other content that the Nerdy Show Network puts out, then uh, why not head on over and uh, follow all of us on the social medias? Uh, Nerdy Show is now under the Omniverse umbrella. You can check out Omniverse. You can check out Nerdy Show for all of the podcasts, the audio dramas. Um, all of the fun stuff that is on the Nerdy Show Network. You can follow all of our stuff uh, on our website, playmonshow.com. And you can uh, follow us on the social medias, all of our social media tabs. Actually, I think all of our social media is Playmon Show now. Um, I think I changed over the last thing, which was I think our Twitter. Our Twitter was Flamon Podcast for the longest time. And then I think I finally switched that over. I know everything is. I just couldn't remember which of the ones I, I changed uh, to finally match all of our branding. Branding's important, people. Uh, but follow us, Flame on Show, on all of the social medias. I've got branding right here. There you go. You didn't uh, get branded. No, but I thought about it. <laughs> Who's joining the sex cult? Um, <laughs> me! <laughs> Call back. Um, <laughs> leave meeting. Uh, so go check us uh, out on our social medias. And uh, if you are uh, so inclined, go check out our YouTube channel uh, and our Facebook page. Brian is hosting on Monday nights uh, lovely chats with different fine folks in the uh, queer realm of 
pop culture. Uh, everything from uh, FX and costumes to comics to drag and Twitch streaming. All of that is covered on his uh, Monday live streams. Those take place uh, in the early afternoon e- or the early evening, I should say. What, like 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern? And um, our first audio version went up under the illustrious title of uh, the Rainbow Spotlight. Just trying to make an enemy of uh, our pod for another podcast. Although considering on this latest episode of uh, Hot Goss, their Rainbow Spotlight was Vin Diesel. Because uh, Dipper thought he was uh, a queer man, not a, a, a cis heterosexual man. Don't ask. What? I have no idea. Seriously? Yeah, I don't know which part you're more con- confused about. The fact that uh, he thought Vin Diesel was was Dipper. a homosexual, or that Vin Diesel has a song, or both. The, yeah, Vin, Vin Diesel has a song. I just found it the other day. I was really shocked. I was like, "When did this happen?" Recently, and it's, with, it's with Kygo. It's, oh, was uh, it? It's not that recent, I don't think, because he debuted on like the Kelly Clarkson no. show a couple, like a month or two ago. Um, but yeah, it's not good. He should which, stick to which, just which that clip was hilarious of the Kelly Clarkson show because it was it was a virtual audience, so they were playing the song, and then you just look out in the audience, and there's just a bunch of TVs with all these people pretending to groove. Or maybe they were enjoying it. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> Pretending to groove. Do they do they legit put TVs out in the audience and just have people on yeah. there? Yeah. Wow. They have wow. people they have a giant Zoom chat, but it's like all individual TVs for each person. Okay, Kelly Clarkson. You do what you need to do. <laughs> you do what you need to do. <laughs> She's grieving. Uh, uh, I mean, hey, Ellen's game of games came back. Regardless of what you think of Ellen, the 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 uh, game show is back, and they've just pumped in all artificial crowd sounds, but don't show the audience area at all. <laughs> so it's just like it's the most awkward thing of like her playing to a non-existent crowd and fake crowd noises. Hey, 2020 is making um, all of these companies and production companies figure out a way to do it and make it work. But anyway, go check out those uh, those live streams. Those are on Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific, unless there is a, 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 a need to change it, in which case I know that there's been like one um one or two that have been a little bit earlier but you can watch them on uh, facebook you can watch them live you can go back and you can watch them afterwards um we did put out the interview with cena grace as our last microsode episode so you can go and listen to that on your commute if you have one or just wherever uh wherever and whenever you're listening to podcasts nowadays i find it uh i'm finding myself having difficulty finding time for them but i'm trying to keep up with the ones that i enjoy listening to like race chaser and um a bit of wait wait don't tell me now um so go check those out give a like give a support um you can also are you doing them to your twitch channel as well brian yes Yes. curling bear on twitch Twitch twitch.tv slash curling bear 
Uh, so they are it is streaming where available. Twitch keeps things up for seven days. Um, so you have a week on there. You have um, infinite time to go and watch all of the episodes on YouTube. Uh, so just go type in uh, Flame On Show into the YouTube bar and you'll find us there. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right. We got one more topic to go before we enter into our one-ups for this month. My topic is the first ever hickman era x-men crossover in the age of x the dawn of x the x c of x's and x's uh it is the ten of swords crossover event that was supposed to have started back in uh, i want to say may roughly um i, I want to say it was like it was supposed to be a summer event but um miss uh covetina decided to come through and uh wreck all of the plans that were going on and the comics industry like most everything else shut down for a while and uh once it got up and running marvel went into a um a modified release schedule they were doing new comics every other week for like i think a month or two in order to get back into the swing of everything and get people and uh, comic shops a chance to kind of uh, get back to where they were. And then once they went into a regular release schedule of new comics every week, they steamrolled through and made sure that this stuff got put out. Uh, I know the release schedules started to come uh, a little bit closer together. Uh, some of the books, and I know there's currently, I think, close to 10X titles right now, somewhere in that ballpark. And uh, they, including new titles like uh, Wolverine, which is not necessarily new, but it's one of the newer of the X titles. It wasn't one of the launch with the Dawn of X uh, uh, series. Uh, there is a new Juggernaut t uh, title that just came out. I think it's only one or two episodes, uh, episodes one or two issues deep. Uh, but 
in addition to them getting to this Ten of Swords crossover, it went from originally being a 15-part crossover to now being a 22-part crossover uh, in the world of the X with Jonathan Hickman at the helm. It is a very interesting story, and I know there's been a lot of talk and speculation as to where some of these uh, books in the Dawn of X fell because it didn't seem like everything was being told in a linear uh, storytelling fashion. They kind of were playing fast and loose with how and when and where things were happening. But the way that it turns out, at least for the most part, Excalibur was the um, the one that was being told the most in sequence, uh, at least from the start of this Dawn of X and this launching of Krakoa as this mutant haven. Apocalypse, going by that A symbol, um, I don't know how to speak Krakoan. Um, I do have the uh, true type font for my computer, uh, but I have not gone through to try to start deciphering to be able to read Krakoan. Um, but it, it does exist if y'all want it. Just shoot me an email and I can send you uh, the true type font for, for Krakoan so you can have it on your computer. But Apocalypse, dabbling in the sorcery realm, um, opened up a gate into Otherworld. He installed, he stopped Morgan Le Fay from launching a coup to uh, take over uh, part of Otherworld, uh, or Avalon, I should say, and uh, then being a, uh, a, a, a foil for Opal Luna Saturnine and uh, installed Jamie Braddock as the new head of Avalon. Uh, Betsy Braddock, formerly Psylocke, is now the new Captain Britain, while Quanin, a.k.a. Revenge, is now the new Psylocke, so it gets a little bit confusing when you're talking about Psylocke now. But they, um, they opened up what Apocalypse called the External Gate, uh, which opened up a connection to Otherworld and... Uh, at the at the meeting point of all realities, and it turns out that Araco Araco I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. I, I've always just pronounced Krakoa the way I I have, uh, but Araco as the other half of Krakoa that was split asunder uh, ages upon ages ago when Apocalypse as uh, the oldest mutant had his original horsemen and split the land in tw in in twain is that the the old english uh form of it split in twain and sealed his original four horsemen um with arako in the darkness so now those original horsemen are back and you know what they're not happy with daddy they try to kill apocalypse in other worlds rockslide who uh is one of the newer mutants in the x world um, did die in Otherworld, which caused a massive uh, corruption of the Cerebrophiles and the uh, Regeneration Eggs. And um, it's a very interesting kind of story. It's not one that hasn't been done before. Uh, for the fate of the world, Arako and uh, Krakoa both have to send their champions into battle. Um, this feels very, uh, what is that Marvel, uh, thing? Was it contest, contest of, champ contest contest of champions? Of yeah. Like contest they literally say it in like multiple <laughs> issues. They say contest of champions. And I'm like, <laughs> trademark, 
Yeah. I mean, when it's when it's Marvel, I think they when they own the the, the, the trademark, less yeah. trademarking has no, to happen. But it makes me think of the um, the the mobile game, Contest of Champions. But they uh, there's ten champions from Krakoa, ten champions from Arako that uh, each have to obtain a sword, and uh, then meet back on the battlefield, and they are going to uh, do battle for the fate of the world. I, while not every issue is pristine and immaculate, I do like the concept. I do like the fact that we're seeing a focus on some characters that aren't always the focus. We are seeing some of them, uh, like in the case of uh, Wolverine, who got two issues to tell the story about how he went and got his blade. Everybody Murasama else blade, her sword. Yeah. the or Mura, say, Muramasa, Muramasa. Muramasa, yeah, the Muramasa blade. Japanese-style sword? That's shocking, right? What? Of course. (laughs) Can can we, okay, can we back up for a second? Because I'd love to know what you thought of the part two, which was in, uh, I think it was Marauders. Which, by the way, Marauders, no, sorry, not Marauders, not Marauders. um, X-Factor. So the initial one creation, right? Really good, Hickman and Teeny Howard art by uh, Pepe Larraz who did the uh, House uh, Hox and Pox or whatever the original uh, books that launched this whole thing like great great world building all that's Hickman love it then that second issue happened with X-Factor which X-Factor by Lee, Lee Williams I think Leah Williams great series fucking horrible second issue <laughs> like the storytelling the dialogue it, none of it, none of it tracked. I was just like, "What is even this?" Like, did you have a short deadline? That I, was the was Polaris. Horrid. I mean, that was Polaris, right? Where, where yep. she like was doubting her entire like existence, and then and then Magneto yells at her. <laughs> it was. I mean, none of the characters sounded like themselves. Yeah, it. it, it I, I, I liked. Where it ended, I liked. I liked that it got to that point where, you know, you're using the sacrifice of or or this rock slide, you know, kind of not being able to be brought back properly, and then this is what ends up creating this portal altar thing. But yeah, it just felt really weird because Polaris has always been written as a very self assured character. Even when she's doubting herself, there's still that bit of like just iron resolve. That's you know the the magnetism you know pun that I'm trying to throw in there. But uh, she still what she steals her next nerves. Issue, though? What's up? That next issue about the next issue about Storm, which was I believe the one in Hellions, that was outstanding. Uh, so basically, Storm goes to Wakanda. To get the uh, was it Oathbreaker sword, which I think is a new thing that they're retconning. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Skybreaker, Skybreaker, Stormbreaker. Sky, yeah. Stormbreaker. I keep getting it. I keep getting it mixed up because um, I keep thinking that she's going to get Thor's hammer and uh, become the goddess. Isn't of Isn't that Stormbreaker? Thunder. That is Stormbreaker. Um, so it's it's so it's is... not Oathbreaker. I think that's Game of Thrones or Oathkeeper. Um, but that's Kingdom Hearts, and I think Game of Thrones. 
There is, I think, an yeah, Oathkeeper. Oath, Oathkeeper was... Uh, Oathkeeper Brienne's. was... Uh, yeah, Brienne's sword at the end. Yeah, that's, what, that's um, that was the one that she was given... Uh, I, I think when she brought back... Jamie. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. When, she was sent, when she was sent to go back and get the children. Yes, it's yes, Skybreaker. yes. Skybreaker. Skybreaker. Skybreaker is the sword, yeah. <laughs> Not Skyfall. But that episode... The sky the Skyfall, right, oh my god. <laughs> like, Storm is an amazing character. She is getting some really cool beats lately, which the Hickman one-shot that they did, uh, where they go into the world, and that whole mess. Giant size That was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then Which I was this, glad that they went back such to... such a great... Because Giant Size X-Men 1 came out so long ago now because of the break for COVID. Um, and that's where that whole storyline started with her being infected, having been infected by um, uh, uh, the children of the... Oh, God, what is that? Children of, children of Time or something like that. They It, it gets revealed at the end of that issue because that issue was super amazing and powerful and had no dialogue, I think, until like that last panel. Um, but that was where it was revealed that uh, Storm only had like 30 days to live. And then they finally came back around with giant size X-Men uh, Storm. And that's when they went into the world with Phantom X. Because I think the issue, the giant size before that, uh, dove into Phantom X and his brother that is still in the world and it's set up it set the stage for it where so you were finally able to see where these these one shots really kind of were were building to which was definitely awesome and yeah that that issue where her interaction with shuri um and the queen mother and then becoming like going into thief mode really really fucking cool um i'm gonna take my white outfit off i'm gonna put on my black outfit I was happy diplomat storm. Now I am badass assassin storm. Let let me put my royal whites over here. Let me put put on my thieving blacks. <laughs> oh, that was God, so that's good. Unfortunate choice of words. <laughs> you, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. <laughs> Nobody take it out of context. Phrasing, phrasing, phraseology. Um, what about? Uh, Solem, Solem in uh, the the Wolverine two parter, which was also a great two parter. So this is a series that you can probably dip in and out a little bit. But when they do these, like uh, some sometimes they're like two partery kind of things. Read both of them because they're usually by the same creative team. And Ben Percy, who does the Wolverine book, did both Wolverine and X Force. Uh, I believe he does the Wolverine book. I might have that confused, but uh, that two parter Wolverine going to hell. And meeting up with Solem, who's this new character, who's like this sexually ambiguous, um, badass he, assassin, something. He's something. D- he's like the uh, Arakan Dokken. That's what yes. he is. Yes, it's yes. that pheromone yes. induced, like yeah, and the fact that like he was put in this pit. He he killed. Um, was it War's husband? And he seduced he co- and then killed. Yes, yes, yes. He yes seduced and then killed the husband of one of the original four horsemen. I believe it was War, and um, he his sentence was to be put into uh, solitary in this pit with nothing 
and basically just kind of rot away. And they told him that the next time they see him, he'll be begging for them to, uh, to, for, for the horsemen to release him and spare him. And because of that pheromone, uh, seduction power, the people of Araco wouldn't let it happen. And they would bring him books and food. And he was super content and just happy and was basically seduced by the, the thought of going into battle and being the best. And that's why he was sent after the, uh, um, Murmasa blade, uh, or Murmasa sword, Marumasa. And, um, yeah, I love him. I fucking love him. I'm not a huge Wolverine fan, as anybody can attest to. And the fact that it was a two-part story made me kind of go, ugh, why? But it definitely was. It was a good story. And that uh, he is he's an awesome character. And I hope, I hope he is one of the things that sticks around after Ten of Swords is done. Um, I hope there's a way that that stays and, and is able to stay because he is just ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous and uh, sexually fluid and ambiguous characters, let's talk about the latest uh, chapter as of this recording, which was um, Hellions, where the, none of the Hellions are um, called out as champions of this contest of champions. <laughs> So Sinister goes to the Quiet Council and proposes that he sends the Hellions into Arako to get the swords that the Arakan champions are supposed to get to stop this before it ever starts. So that way they don't have to worry about uh, a potentially permanent death for any Krakoan mutants. Um, which then leads into some of the most over-the-top, gayest Mr. Sinister scenes Ever, and that's saying a lot, considering when Dawn of when when um, uh, Hawks and Pox was was starting, like they made Mister Sinister really fucking gay. But he's whether... sassy. I would say sassy. Like oh. he's he's got a little bit of a whatever, but it's sassiness. Like it's really a it's, it's, little it's gay. It's gay adjacent sass. It is flamboyant as fuck. He's obsessed. He's obsessed with with castles and his his fucking cape. His cape. He is obsessed with his cape. He. So when uh, he proposes this to the Quiet Council, um, Exodus turns it on him and says that, well, if you're going to send your troops, then you should lead them because this is too sensitive of a mission not to and at first the quiet count the quiet council doesn't have a majority until sinister starts spouting his sassiness in which case i think it's magneto that ends up changing his vote and gives them the majority to say yes you should lead them in so sinister is is doing uh, or has a an illegal clone farm at bar sinister where he has clones of himself and he thaws one out to send in uh, in his place so he doesn't have to go. And they rock, paper, scissor to decide who, who is going to uh, actually be the one to go into uh, uh, Araco and go into this dangerous mission. And at the end of it, either which way, the cape gets put on the sinister that goes. And in the process, 
there is a um a, a an exchange of gifts that has to happen uh for one reason or another with Jamie Braddock and the cape goes to Jamie and sinister spends the next umpteenth number of panels being upset about his lack of cape and even to passers-by in Avalon uh, telling him, telling the passers-by, uh, I normally wear a cape. <laughs> like, it is the most flamboyant and amazing, like, characterization of Sinister ever. It's a lighthearted beat in an otherwise pretty dark uh, series overall that's about to get even darker, I'm guessing. Uh it is brilliant. It is so beautiful and funny and stupid. The whole thing with empath is like bizarre and fucked up and kind of ridiculous and hilarious. Uh, Cyclops is just there. Or Cyclops, sorry. Havoc's there along for the ride, I feel like, at this point. He's well, just like, I don't even know what's going on. This is it's weird because like this? it looked like it was being set up to be this strange Havoc ride with Madeline Pryor showing up and then she's killed again and the Quiet Council won't um, uh, uh, revive her or, you know, give her a new life uh, as part of these resurrection protocols uh, because they deem that as a clone, she didn't really exist as a as a person, which it's this really deep, twisted, dark look at, um, at, at clones and this whole thing from this perspective of, you know, a fantastical sci-fi world um, and just like really digging back at those um, that that Inferno wound that is at this point Inferno was what late 80s. So you're, you're talking it's, you know, 30 some odd years ago because it was before it was when the original five were X Factor and they didn't come back to being the X-Men until what, 91 with Jim Lee's run. So you're talking like 86, 87, I think was when Inferno happened. And, um, you know, Cable was born and as Nathan and all of that happened. So it, it's insane, like bringing that back to the forefront in 2020. And then for them to turn it this way, you're right. It is such a ridiculous, upbeat, funny piece of really dark storytelling. So... I am digging this this whole thing. Um, like I said, we are we're only uh, was Hell- think, was Hell- uh, the, the latest issue to come mutants, out, yeah. And we're completely skipping over. We're skipping over one of the best things, which is Cyclops, Gene, and Cable having a mother father son adventure. <laughs> right that that whole thing with Cable is, I love it. I. It's it's such an interesting dynamic having Cable as like a teen who is in a very odd relationship slash poly relationship. I don't know how you would describe it because they're all five clones of the same person, but they're different. But they're the same person technically. So Cable's dating like the the five and one. Are they still five? I think they might just be three. He might only be dating the three and one. Whatever the cuckoos are right now. What, the cuckoos? The cuckoos. Oh. Yeah, Cable's dating the cuckoos. And um, <laughs> it's a ridiculous adventure like story in his book. And it's it's fun. And then when um, 
when all of this started and uh was it polaris or i forget who i forget who it was that was in the healing gardens um and they oh no it was uh richter i think it was and rachel and cable had to like join forces to kind of dig into into his mind and find out what had happened and it was so it's so interesting seeing that brother sister dynamic explored where cable who has always been so much older in the books than rachel is now younger than rachel and then you know he had to go find mom and dad and then tell them about like we need to find this and then cyclops is like oh i know where this is and then it's like let's go on a space adventure son and it's just it's so bizarre and i love the way that they're writing these dynamics and it's absolutely reinvigorated the x franchise as a whole and i while the concept may not necessarily be new it's really refreshing after so many different major crossovers and these big storylines for this to be how they are writing it um so we are chapter seven came out that was the latest chapter new mutants um that focused on cypher and Warlock, as and with Warlock being uh, Cypher's Cable is number sword. nine. Because Cable is right after that. So, one, two, three, four. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, the last nine, part of Cable where he basically gets the sword. Oh, comes did back Cable come out? Circle, that whole thing's out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that issue. So, I am an issue behind. So, um, so I didn't realize that when it came out. I knew that was next in the, the reading order. Because I think marauders came out a week before it was supposed to um because in the marvel app it was earlier and then when i was noticing the chapters i was like wait a minute but how are we this far but what and then i went back and i saw that marauders came out early um and threw off that reading order not that it's not that these need to be necessarily read in a certain order specifically but looking back i was like oh that's right at the end of marauders um, which is, I think, where Storm went and got the um, uh, Skybreaker. Um, Wolverine had already was already there at the Circle with the uh, Marumasa blade, and then I read the the next uh, chapters where he actually got the sword. <laughs> uh, but we still have quite a bit left, so we're eight chapters in. Uh, eight of twenty-two have come out. Uh, it's a lot, but it is a very it's it's a very quick read. It's a very intriguing read. If you have not gotten back into the X-Men, but you were a fan, I highly recommend Hox and Pox, House of X, Powers of Ten. Um, the Dawn of X has been fantastic. If you're on Marvel Unlimited uh, for 10 bucks a month, uh, if, if even if you're not, but you want to go, you know, get, catch up on all this, drop 10 or 20 bucks on Marvel Unlimited. Read through a lot of this is already up there on the uh, the Marvel Unlimited app. And then get yourself caught up and then dive into Ten of Swords. Um, I love that they're playing with the tarot as part of this uh, and having all of these different like mutants and mutant adjacent people that are connected to um, Foresight and the tarot all like pulling these same cards and tying it into themes of the event. So I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go. I'm intrigued to see how it's going to wrap up. Uh, Apocalypse and his original Four Horsemen, the uh, rejoining of Arako and uh, Krakoa into Okaro, I think was the original name of it. It's something along those lines. 
uh, into one big landmass. It's it's all the same letters. It's just how you rearrange them is which island or which formation it is. Um, but yeah, I, I highly, 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 highly suggest um, all of the X, the, the world of X uh, done by Jonathan Hickman right now with uh, Ten of Swords being the current event and crossover that is going on right now. All right, so those are our topics for the month. Now it is time for us to dive into our one-ups for this month. These are the things that are giving us life in the world of pop culture. And I'm going to swing it back around the other way. Josh, what is your one-up? Haunted Houses. Light version. So, much like a free app, uh, this season of Haunted Houses is a little limited due to COVID. So uh, Universal Studios isn't holding their typical Halloween Horror Nights, but they did have two houses that they did open up. <clears throat> one was uh, about a tooth fairy, and then one was about Bride of Frankenstein. I managed to do both. And it did give me a little bit of a feel for Halloween Horror Nights to, I guess, scratch my itch for the season. Um, Universal also is trying a new virtual queue for, for doing the houses. So instead of waiting outside for hours to get in and being like herded through, there is this virtual queue. You go on the app, you pick a time, how many people are in your party. That part's a little bit of a pain, but once you actually get in, um, it's a much like it's. A, I, I I think it actually works a lot better because you're not crammed in the house with a bunch of people, and you don't have to wait outside in the miserable humidity. But both houses uh, were actually pretty cool. Um, props, you know, it was, they were fully decked out houses. I think what happened is they prepared the houses in hopes that they would be doing Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and then decided, since they've already gotten them set up, that they would allow guests to go in. But uh, I call it like Halloween Horror Nights light just because it's like a light version. There's only two as opposed to eight. Are these the ones that are in the sound stages? Yes. Okay. So no outdoor um, tents, um, no scare zones, just two sound stages that have been set up for a house. All right. Halloween Horror Nights Light is giving Josh life. Eric, what is your Vun Up? So not spooky at all. Not have some spooky. light and darkness. Not spooky. Um, is on HBO Max. There is a new reality competition web series called Hot Dog. <laughs> which Hot Dog. H a u t e. Which is a dog grooming competition, which feels a lot like Nailed It, but these are not bad groomers good groomers so they have two challenges each episode uh, 
one where it's like a mystery dog where they just get assigned a random dog so they don't have any way to prepare for it, and one where they bring a dog in and they have to groom it. And there's different themes for each episode. Um, it's hosted by Matt Rogers, who is one of the co-hosts of the Lost Culturistas podcast. Uh, and then uh, one of the judges is a celebrity dog groomer, and the other one is Robin Thede, or Robin Thede, who is the creator of the Black Girl Sketch Show. And it's just fun and cute. And that's all it's supposed to be. What will we come up with next? <laughs> I don't know, but it'll be ridiculous, I'm sure. So Hot Dog on HBO Max is giving Eric, Jen Eric with a K underscore games on Twitch, life. <laughs> Go give him a follow. Follow for follow. I'll follow you. You follow me. Yes. Get to that 50 stats. Get to, get to affiliate level. Come on. That's how we do it. Uh, so Hot Dog. All right, Brian, what is your one up? So as part of the Monday series of uh, interviews we've been doing, which I am fine with taking that rainbow, rainbow conversation. Is that what it was? <laughs> rainbow spotlight. Rainbow spotlight. Sorry. Um, I interviewed uh, Justin Hall, who is the uh, queer cartoonist uh, extraordinaire, uh, did numerous, numerous, numerous great uh, web comics. They're not web comics, uh, queer comics. Uh, over the years, and and is edited more more recently for Fantagraphics, the No Straight Lines anthology, which, if you have not read, oh my god, it is a treasure trove of so many great queer cartoonists from the past, oh, I don't know, 40 years, I think, is what it covered. Uh, basically, I think early 70s through 2010s. Anyway, 30, oh no, 40 years. All right, so, but it's, it's great, but it stops at a certain point, as it must, right? Uh, so I've been looking for anthologies that sort of pick up the torch and carry it on. And of course, there have been some great ones since Queer with two threes as the E's that um, Sasha Valour contributed to. Uh, and that came out from Northwest Press not that long ago. Uh, and uh, got to have Sasha sign it. In Gender person. is a construct. Tear it apart. <laughs> um. Um, but, uh, so, so to that end, I, I was, uh, my, my good buddy, Steve Maury from a comic book bears podcast that I also do every week streaming live on comic book bears, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, Twitter, no tw- uh, Twitch, one of these fucking websites. Uh, he turned me onto this book, uh, from the nib, which is a sort of a web-based cartooning site called be gay do comics. I'm holding this up by the way, for those of us who are on cam. So that we can all see the beautiful art, but audio listeners, I'm sorry, you're missing out. Uh, it is very colorful. So, Be Gay to Co- Do Comics is from IDW. It collects, uh, I guess, a lot of the web comics that were submitted to the Nib uh, when they put out a call for queer comics, and uh, it is a treasure trove of very recent, and I will say young, but I mean young in the industry cartoonists, queer cartoonists. And what I particularly love is it covers a lot of great uh, gender, uh, a lot of good trans contributors did this. Uh, and a lot of it's autobio or satire. It ranges from like a single page kind of like comic strip all the way to like a, you know, multi-page story. Um, but it covers a lot of diverse uh, ethnicities, different parts of the country, different different countries. 
uh, different styles from very cartoony, silly stuff all the way to something a little more photorealistic. Uh, if you're a fan of sequential storytelling and you're, you're a queer, uh, queer identifying person, individual, uh, Big Adu Comics is certainly something that should be on your shelf. Uh, I think several people will be getting this as Christmas presents this year. Uh, it is it is just beautiful. Uh, so if you have a chance, the Nib is selling these directly through their website. Uh, the Nib is the Nib.com, the NIB.com. And uh, yeah, check out Be Gay Do Comics. I'm hoping to get some of these creators on our Rainbow Spotlight uh, coming up if I can get a hold of them and they respond. So uh, yeah, check it out. All right, be gay, do comics. Gender is a construct, tear it apart. Come up with a read that's better than Harry. Sorry, YouTube Music um, does this thing where if you listen to an album, it then puts a playlist on of like related music. And so I have heard um, Category Is featuring the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9 um a few times in the past week and uh sasha velour is uh is one of those vocalists and writers on that version of it um so even though i may not always love everybody that's in the song i will let it stream because my you know uh 0.7 cents that is uh being given to the songwriters uh for you know for a stream is going that point seven cents is uh is being distributed amongst RuPaul, Sasha, Peppermint, Trinity, and uh, Shay, and whoever else is on the song. <laughs> oh, anywho, all right. So my um my one up, uh, I was gonna talk Dodgeball Thunderdome, uh, which I don't know if anybody has watched. It is uh, a ridiculous, mind-numbing waste of time. Um, and I say that all in the best way, because sometimes you just need to have a little, you know, ridiculousness in your life. Uh, I had watched the first episode and then kind of forgot about it because I stopped really watching Philo because Drag Race wasn't on anymore. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, Eric has not canceled his Philo subscription. <laughs> Because I uh, was able to pop back on. I forgot I had Philo. (laughs) (laughs) As most subscriptions like stay active. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So, yes, well, you still have Philo. uh, Because I was able to go on and get caught up. Uh, I actually watched uh, episodes two through eight. Uh, pretty much straight through, and uh, and then this past, I think Wednesday night. Uh, uh, so on Thursday, I watched the uh, the finale, the final episode of this season of Dodgeball Thunderdome, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's kind of silly, uh, silly fun. But I decided what I really want to make my one up, um, and it's not something that I watched recently, but I kept forgetting to talk about it. And again, because YouTube music keeps playing me um, drag queen related music because I listen to a lot of drag queen music to start with. Uh, and I keep getting Kitty Girl featuring the cast of All Stars 3, which includes the one and only Shangela, Laquifa, Wadley. Um, back 
in i want to say end of april or in may um okay this just says two months ago so i don't know maybe maybe it was not as long as i thought uh maybe it was in the summer whatever it was shangela put out her comedy show called shangela is shook it's an uh it's shangela is shook colon as3 tell all comedy show where shangela basically breaks down the entirety of all stars three from her perspective and her lens in a comedy show style format and it is an hour long hour and 10 minutes uh with credits free to watch on youtube show that is extremely extremely entertaining it is funny it is insightful um she gets to work through and process some of the the craziness of all stars three she never once really pins blame on anybody or um you know really feeds into the i was robbed mentality she goes through things and you know at the end of it she really kind of just puts it all in perspective of it's a show you know she talks about giving that tv face and playing up being mariah for um uh the divas live rusical you know and and really acting that way because you know uh, some of the other queens have talked about how she really you know shangela thought she was mariah and showed up late and you know did all this did all that so it's from shangela's you know perspective and um it's entertaining it really is quite entertaining there are a couple of these queens from drag race that if they're doing a show i wholeheartedly say go watch um if jinx is doing a show that isn't her just telling stories go watch it uh if, if she if uh Ben la creme is doing a show well listen eric you you laugh but i'm telling you the one time the one time we went and saw a show and it wasn't like a vaudevillians it wasn't one of those it was just kind of jinx telling stories um she was high and drunk and you know forgot half her stories so <laughs> it's it's entertaining how is that different than vaudevillians <laughs> There was at least a plot to the vaudevillians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it was still entertaining, but a whole different entertaining. Uh, but if Ben de la Creme does a show, go see it. If uh, Trixie Mattel does a show, go see it. Um, Non-drag race uh, style, if Varla Jean Merman does a show, go see it. Shameless plug now for Varla Jean Merman in Bear With Me as part of Digital Bear Bus Weekend when this comes out on Friday. You will still have time to go get tickets at bearwithvarla.eventbee.com. I'll put it up on the Flame on uh, uh, social media. But go see these people do their shows. And uh, with Shangela, this is a free one that you can watch on YouTube at your leisure. So I highly recommend Shangela is Shook. It is a one hour and ten minute comedy special on YouTube. So go check it out. Well, that will do it for us today, uh, dear listeners. We thank you for hanging out with us. We thank you for enjoying what we do. If you are enjoying what we are doing here on the Flame On podcast, then uh, go check us out online on our social medias. Flameonshow.com is our website. Flame On Show on all the social media. Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can watch the 
video version of Brian's uh, interview series that we are now in the audio format calling the Rainbow Spotlight. Um, he will be talking with more and more uh, different queer creators, creatives, if you will, in the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, so go check that out. And then join us right back here in two more weeks for another episode and another installment of Flame On. I don't know what is coming next for our microsode, but it will be there and you will be able to enjoy it. So until next time, Bobby itch. Ciao. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.